الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا ونبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين أما بعد فعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بل تؤثرون الحياة الدنيا والآخرة خير وأبقى إن هذا لفي الصحف الأولى صحف إبراهيم وموسى وعن أبي الأباس سحل بن سعد الساعدي رضي الله عنه قال جاء رجل إلى النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم فقال يا رسول الله دلني على عمل إذا عملته أحبني الله وأحبني الناس فقال ازهد في الدنيا يحبك الله وازهد فيما عند الناس يحبك الناس حديث صحيح رواه ابن ماجه وغيره بأسانيد حسنة Alhamdulillah brothers and sisters we're continuing with the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi and as we mentioned previously the 40 hadith of Imam al-Nawawi focuses on the fundamental principles of Islam and you can say that every single one of these hadith uh, that is mentioned in this compilation it emphasizes or it highlights a fundamental principle in our deen. In other words, each one is from amongst the teachings of Islam. And as we mentioned previously, and I always re reiterate this in the beginning of every dars, is that it's necessary for every Muslim to be acquainted with these ahadith that gives us an idea, gives us an insight as to what is our deen. And, you know, we shouldn't become like those people who, you know, like the elephant, you know, they said that, you know, they brought the elephant in the, in the dark room. They said, we're bringing the feel. And then they went inside the dark room, not knowing what is the elephant that's here. So, you know, one person comes and he grabs one part of it and says, elephant is a pillar. You know, another person comes, he grabs the ear and he says the elephant is a, you know, the elephant is a fan. Another person grabs another part of it, it says the elephant is a stage. And each one of them, they have their own concept of what is, you know, what is this elephant. They look at one aspect of it, and then they say, this is what this is. And they, you know, they, they define the whole based on a part. And this is the folly of Muslims in regards to Islam. Is that they look at one aspect of Islam, and they say, oh, Islam is this. This is Islam, and they define the whole based on one portion of it. So in order to get the full picture, you know, you have to read the full book, and you have to be acquainted with all of the hadith, and we have to become acquainted with these various different, you know, uh, mashallah, uh, wisdoms, and, you know, the, the, you know, getting the whole picture, not as one of the mashayikh mentioned, we need to come out of pamphlet Islam or YouTube Islam, or Facebook Islam. Many people, I would say a majority, they get their Islam from internet, they get their Islam from YouTube, they get their Islam from pamphlets, they get their Islam from booklets. Bring me those people who have studied the Sahih Bukhari cover to cover with a teacher. And then they come and they make objections to mashayikh, and they make objections to, to, to elders. Come and bring me those who studied the Siha Sitta with the Sanad that goes back to Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Who are those people? 
If you haven't done that, then it's better to stay quiet. And if you want to come to the level of objecting and come to the level of defining, then what you do is be brave, be a man, go and study the Sihasitta. Go and study the, you know, the, 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 the books of fiqh. Study the tradition. And then, you know, like they say, Sherwari, Mardwari, Bazbiagabazan. You know? Then then come and speak. But other than that, you know, this is the stage, mashallah, what we are doing right now. This is more beneficial than a thousand hours of YouTube videos. To sit in the house of Allah Azza wa Jal, in the company of those who have been trained by Mashaykh and by ulama and have the asaneed and have the chain that directly goes back to the Prophet himself. Every hadith that we narrate in this book, we have a direct chain that goes back to Rasulullah himself. And this is not a, not a matter of a fakhr or not a matter of like, you know, uh, you know, mentioning this, that, another. When a person is a PhD, he says, I'm a PhD. Nobody, nobody ever will, will point fingers at such a person and say, why is this person so prideful? When a person says he has a sanad to Rasulullah this is a matter of fact. A person says he has a master's degree in psychology, what is that? A matter of oh, pride? Oh, look at this guy, he's, he's, you know, he's so full of it. He's saying he has a master's degree. Yeah, because he did it. So if a person has done something, it's something of a matter of fact. And that matter of fact is important to be mentioned. So that it differentiates between somebody who doesn't know what the heck he's talking about, and they just have a YouTube channel, and anybody can have a YouTube. You have five-year-old kids, 10-year-old kids that have like two million followers nowadays. It's shocking. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it happens. So the, the, the important thing is, is the tradition of being, becoming acquainted with these ahadith that give us the whole picture so that we don't become like those people who went inside the dark room and they touched one part of the elephant and said, oh, the elephant is a fan or the elephant is a pillar, or the elephant is a stage. So we can become like those people who go in with that light and say, no, this is a very broad perspective here. There's a, there's a huge, beautiful thing here that has many, many aspects to it. It's not just this or that or that or that. You understand? So with that being said, each one of these ahadith is a concept in Islam, is a principle in Islam. And this hadith, we've reached hadith number 31 from Abu al-Abbas, Sahal ibn Sa'ad, al-Sa'idi, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, al-Ansari. It's very interesting, his name is Sahal. And Sahal means ease. Yani, hada Sahal. This is very easy. Sahal is opposite of Sa'ab. Sahal is opposite of Sa'ab. And Sa'ab is like hardship. So this uh, Sahabi, his name was Hazn. Kana ismuhu Haznan. His name was Hazn. And Hazn, it means hardship. Like Sa'ad. Bifatih Zai, wa kasrihi, wa bi dhammil ha ma'anahu, yani al gham. So his name was Hazn. So the Prophet said, Why, why are you Hazn? Fasammahu Sahlan. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the Prophet called him Sahal. He changed his name. His name was Hardship. So the Prophet named his, changed his name to Ease. And that is how he became Sahal ibn Sa'ad. And this is a very beautiful thing that the Prophet 
He used to make tafa'ul by names. He used to take good omens by names. And the Prophet ﷺ, he encouraged good omen and he discouraged bad omens. Bad omens leads to shirk. Bad omens, right, lead to thinking that something other than Allah has an effect in this world, right? So he forbade us from that. Oh, I saw a black crow. I'm not going to go to work today, you know? Oh, you know, I saw a black cat. It just came on my road. He says, okay, I'm not going to travel today even though I got my ticket. There's a, you know. So this type of thing is like putting power or ta'thir in that crow or ta'thir in that, you know, black cat. And this is not permissible because it's as if you're putting an effect in that. So the Prophet ﷺ taught us that when you see something like this, when you see something like this, that there is, you know, uh, because human beings have this superstition inside of them. We have this kind of, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know uh, uh, an inclination to uh, bad omens and to giving effect. Oh, you know, black clouds. Oh, you know, something bad is going to happen. Or, you know, oh, I, you know, uh, spilled the milk the first thing when I woke up in the morning. You know, something bad is going to happen. And like this so we have the tendency so the Prophet said if something like this comes inside of your heart then you should say Allahumma la tayra illa tayruk wa la khayra illa khayruk wa la ilaha ghayruk and we'll, know, we'll say the meaning of it oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala there is no effect except that which you put effect in it tayr right, it comes from tayra la tayrata the Prophet said there is no such thing as you know these bad, that the way they take omens with birds. So what the, 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 the Arabs of Jahiliyyah used to do, they would have birds, so they would go like that. So if the birds go to the right, then they say, oh, this is a good tiara. And if the birds go to the left, they say, this is a bad tiara. This is a bad omen. So then this is where the dua comes from. Allahumma la tayra illa tayruk, wa la khayra illa khayruk, wa la ilaha ghayruk. Oh Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there is no omen except the omen that you bring. There is no effect except the effect that you bring. And there is no good but the good that you bring. And there is no power. And there is no Lord. And there is no God. And there is no sovereign but you. So here, the objective of this is not in any way a bad omen. But the effect of it is good omen. Good omen. Why should a person have a negative name that has a negative connotation? Why should a person have a negative name that has a negative connotation. The names, because a person starts becoming like that name. A person becomes ism bil musamma. As is mentioned even in psychology, you say a person, hey, you dummy, hey, you're good for nothing. We hear about this. You know, kids or children that are being brought up and you always say bad things to them and you always put them down and you always call them names, then they start thinking that about themselves. They start taking in that negative energy from their parents. That is why Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said, give the best names to your children. Give the most honorable names to your children. And it teaches us that one of the, one of the huquq and one of the rights of brotherhood is to call your brother with the name that he loves most. Right? Now you see amongst friends, hey, what's up, fatso? Hey, what's up, skeleton? What's up? You know, like we just have all these like, you know, weird names giving to everybody. And why, you know, why are you naming a person the name that he would not like? And it just sticks with the person. So we should call people by the names that they love 
because this is a, uh, this is a beautiful thing and this is a positive thing. And the Prophet ﷺ named Sahal to change that bad connotation that's within that name to a good connotation. He was the last Sahaba to pass away in Medina Munawwara. Sanata Ihda wa Tis'een, and he passed away in the year 81. And he was 100 years old. And it's interesting because Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah was born in the 80th year of Hijri. Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah from amongst all of the A'immatul Arba'a, the four Imams, Abu Hanifa, Malik, Shafi'i, and Ahmad ibn Hanbal, Imam Abu Hanifa was the one who was actually lived in the time of the Sahaba when the Sahaba were still alive. And he actually saw from amongst the companions Anas ibn Malik and some of the other. It says up to seven companions uh, Imam Abu Hanifa witnessed. So the interesting thing is because of the, I, I noticed that the, the, the year, Abu Hanifa was born in the year 80. And the last companion to pass away in Medina was 91. And in other places, you had this last Sahabi who passed away in Basra, and then in Kufa, and then in you know, Egypt. So each place had its own. But the last Sahabi to pass away in Medina Munawwara was in the year 91. And he was, at the, he was at the age of 100 at that time. And he narrates 188 ahadith, subhanAllah. 188 ahadith. So in this narration, Saad, uh, Sahal ibn Saad, uh, Sa'id al-Ansari narrates that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam said that a man came, right? That a, uh, uh, that a man came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and said, O Messenger of Allah, dullani ala amalin, guide me to such an action that if I do it, Allah will love me and the people will love me. Subhanallah, that's all you need. For Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to love you and for the people to love you. فَقَالَ إِزْهَدْ فِي الدُّنْيَا يُحِبُّكَ اللَّهِ وَازْهَدْ فِي مَا عِنَّ النَّاسِ يُحِبُّكَ النَّاسِ Abstain from the pleasures of dunya, and I'm just, this is a very generic translation. إِزْهَدْ فِي الدُّنْيَا Abstain from the pleasures of dunya, or abstain from engrossment in this worldly life, and Allah love, will love you, and abstain with what is in the hands of people, is what is with the possessions of people, and the people will love you. And this is an authentic hadith narrated in Ibn Majah and other narrations. So this is a very important hadith, and as I mentioned previously, it's a very important principle of Islam. And what is that? Az-zuhd fid dunya. Az-zuhd fid dunya. Zuhd is the definition, the tawdih of actual zuhd, Al-i'rad an al-shay. Al-i'rad an al-shay wa-stisgharuhu. For someone to be, be disinclined towards something and to consider something insignificant. Al-i'rad an al-shay wa-stisgharuhu. To turn away from something and to consider something insignificant. To be disinclined towards something. As is mentioned in Surah Yusuf, وَكَانُوا فِيهِ مِنَ الزَّاهِدِينَ That when they bought that they bought Yusuf السلام, for a couple of coins actually and they didn't even really want to buy him and they didn't even care 
They, did, they, they weren't even inclined towards it. They have no ragba. So zuhud fi hadha al-ma'na, yani diddur ragba. Diddur ragba. They didn't have any desire for it. They had no care for it, actually. They had this disinclination towards it. <clears throat> and the shara'i meaning is ibaratun an uzufin nafs an dunya ma'al qudrati alayha li ajlil akhirah. Mullah Ali Qari rahimahullah says the meaning of izhad fi dunya abstain from the engrossing yourself in the luxuries of dunya right what is the actual definition to distance one's heart from worldly pleasures when you have the capacity to actually you know attain it so you have, the, you, know, you have the possibility to like live in luxury, right? But intentionally, you say, you know, I'm going to stick to my necessities of life. I'm going to stick to my necessities of life. I don't need to go and go all out in all of these luxuries. I'm going to suffice with whatever is my necessity. This is zuhud an dunya And why do you do it? لِأَجْلِ akhirah, So that you can focus upon your akhirah. And this is out of fear of the hellfire and out of desire for paradise. And so that you can turn away from being engrossed, turning away from that which occupies you, from all these things. And this does not take place until a person's heart becomes enlightened with a desire for the hereafter and a certainty for what is his objective. And you can't do that if you don't have wealth or status. And this is an interesting point. And there's another word that they use for zuhud. It's called asceticism. Right? To be an ascetic. Right? to be cut off, to be undesirous, to live in the simple, to live in austerity, right? To choose just to live in the bare minimum, just enough, not in putting yourself in discomfort, not punishing yourself, right? Not, not eating and not sleeping. Because there's another verse of the Quran, Allah Azza wa says, قُلْ مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ الرِّزْقِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very clear that dunya and abstaining from worldly pleasures is right when you don't it, it can also it can it can kind of be where you are ingratitude you're, you're showing ingratitude to Allah's blessings. So this ayah Allah Ta'ala says, Qul, yani tell them, O Muhammad that who is the one who has made haram the beauties of the life of this world. The, and all the you know, good, wholesome uh, sustenance, the good fruits and the good sustenance and the good things and the wholesome things that Allah Ta'ala has provided. The fruits, the foods, the good things. This is not haram. Allah Ta'ala says, Man harrama? Who is the one who says that these things are haram? Zinat Allah This is the zina. 
These are the beautiful things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought out for his slaves. These are blessings. So now when a person says, oh, zuhud anid dunya, does it talk about zuhud an rizq al-halal? Or zuhud anid tayyibat? Or zuhud anid zinat al-lati akhraja li'ibadihi? And there's going to be a clarification. Uh, Mullah Ali Qari mentions here. ثُمَّ أَلَمْ أَنَّ الذَّمَّ الْوَارِدِ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّ لِلدُّنْيَا لَيْسَ رَاجِعًا لِزَمَانِهَا أَوْ لِمَكَانِهَا أَوْ لِنَفْسِ الدُّنْيَا You understand? He says, know that when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about a person abstaining from the world, abstaining from worldly pleasures, it is not an Islamic concept that a person, he actually lives like a monk. If this was something that was encouraged in Islam, then monkhood would be something good. We don't have that in Islam. We don't have priests in Islam. We don't have celibacy in Islam. Right? We don't have priesthood. We don't have monkhood. We don't have monasticism. We don't have this type of asceticism. That the world, in everything about it, this is haram or it's bad. Right? Human beings, like sexual intercourse, and a relationship between a husband and a wife, this is evil. And every child is created into evil, so you have to baptize that child because it's evil. So you have to purify it because it's born out of sin. A man and a woman, they commit a sin, so this child is born out of sin, so you have to now baptize this child. We don't believe in that. The world is not bad. The world is not evil. So when you talk about dunya, it's very important we have to understand what is dunya. Look at what Mullah Ali Qari says. This is a very amazing ibara right here. ثُمَّ أَعْلَمْ أَنَّ الذَّمَّ الْوَارِدِ فِي الْكِتَابِ وَالسُنَّةِ لِلْدُّنْيَا لَيْسَ رَاجِعًا لِزَمَانِهَا وَلَا لِمَكَانِهَا The dispraise of dunya, the blame, right? Oh, stay away from dunya. Dunya, dunya, dunya bad. Dunya evil, right? The world is evil. Dunya, right? Dunya, the place, or dunya, the time. You know, when we talk about dunya like day and night, in the hours, the 24 hours, and the seven days in a week, and the years, and the 12 months in a year, right? Is this what is evil? When we talk about dunya, which aspect of dunya is actually what's considered in the sharia that we need to avoid, or we need to abstain from, or we need to have zuhud from, or we need to be disinclined from, or we need to be away from. So what a beautiful thing Mullah Ali Qari mentions. This does not go back to the time. What is time? Huwa al-laylu wa-nahar. Al-laylu wa-nahar wa-dunya. What is dunya? Al-laylu wa-nahar. Day and night. Right? فَإِنَّ اللَّهَ تَعَالَى جَعَلَهُمَا أَيْ خَلَقَهُمَا Allah Ta'ala created them. And what did He say? خِلْفَةً لِمَنْ أَرَادَ أَنْ يَذَّكَّرَ أَوْ أَرَادَ شُكُورَ Subhanallah. What a beautiful explanation. I mean, it was, if it wasn't for the explanation of ulama, like I said, we would take some hadith and we would interpret it according to our own understanding. We would sit in the quarter, corner of a hut or we would go inside of a cave and say, I'm implementing this hadith. Well, actually, he's not implementing the hadith. He's actually going against the hadith. He hasn't understood the hadith. He says, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created the day and the night khilfatan that come one after another in succession. Liman arada an for the one who wishes to take heed and remember his Lord, or the one who wishes to remember his Lord and be grateful to his Lord. What does this mean? Meaning, if you can't remember Allah and pray in the day, 
then you take the opportunity in the night. If you can't pray in the night, then you do it in the day. If you want to fast in the day, then you do tahajjud in the night. Yani each, um, you, each utensil, you can say, right? Each dharf, it carries with it certain actions of worship, certain actions of adoration of the divine. The day carries special acts and the night carries special acts. Subhanallah, there's a whole section in Al-Hawi Lil-Fatawi of Imam Al-Haytami. And in, in that he mentions the fatwa, which is more superior, the night or the day? Which is more superior, the sky or the earth? Right? Which is more superior, this or that? It's very beautiful. So he mentions, right? some scholars say the day because you can fast in the day and others say the night because the night has a special time. Right? إِنَّ الرَّبَّ تَبَارَكَ وَتَعَالَى يَنزِلُ فِي كُلِّ لَيْلَةٍ فِي آخِرِ اللَّيْلِ Allah Azza wa Jal, which is in, a, in, in that manner which is appropriate for him, descends in the last portion of the night and so on. So, these days and nights are opportunities. How can we be disinclined or cut off or shunning these good things? Because the day is for us to draw near to Allah through fasting, and the night is made for us to draw close to Allah through worship. And neither is this dunya bad because of its place, which is al-ard, this earth. Because Allah subhanahu wa has made this for us, right? A spread. Allah has made it a spread for us to do all of the good things which He has commanded us. And now, and, and it is not madhmum, it is not dispraiseworthy for the things that Allah has placed in this earth. Because all the things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has placed on this earth is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's bestowals. And Allah is the one who created everything which is on this earth. Now, so what is bad? So what is dispraiseworthy? What is the Prophet talking about in this hadith? That avoid the dunya and the people will love you. Which, what is this then? It's talking about, which dunya is this talking about? Like go to outer space? Avoid the dunya, yani this earth, so go to outer space. Or avoid the dunya, yani what? What's the clarification of this? So then, Mullah Ali Qadi explains, وَإِنَّمَا هُوَ رَاجِعٌ إِلَى الْإِشْتِغَالِ بِمَا فِيهَا عَمَّا خُلِقْنَا لِأَجْلِهِ مِنْ عِبَادَتِهِ تَعَالَى كَمَا قَالَ وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ Rather, this zuhd from dunya, yani abstaining from dunya actually means to abstain from over-occupying ourselves in those things that take us away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. That is the reality of it. Mawlana Jalaluddin Rumi, he mentions a beautiful poem in this. He says, and he just he summarizes it in two couplets, in a mathnawi. He says, Cheese dunya az khuda ghafil budan. Those who know Farsi, learn this. This is important. Cheese dunya az khuda ghafil budan. What is dunya? Az khuda ghafil budan. It means to be a ghafil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the reality of dunya. Like, and, and, and when I 
when I become engrossed in the things of this dunya and I become over-occupied in those things of dunya, now that dunya is what is madhmoom. Yani that of the dunya which takes me away from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which engrosses me from my worship, which takes me away from my uh, uh, purpose, which takes me away from my objective, which takes me away from what Allah Ta'ala brought me here to this world for. What did we come to this world for? And now if that's the case, that all of dunya is evil, then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says, إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ عَدُوَّ فَاحْذَرُوهُمْ Here's another ayah. Try to, try to make hal of this. إِنَّ مِنْ أَزْوَاجِكُمْ وَأَوْلَادِكُمْ this is the clear verse, but the answer to this one is the same as the answer to the one before. Verily, your wives and your wealth is your enemy, so stay away from them. Somebody was, somebody was telling me, Shaykh, should I believe in this Quran? A Muslim, an Afghan Muslim is telling me, should I follow this Quran where it says my own children and my own wife and my own family, they are, are, are my enemies. I said, no, actually, you don't know how to read Arabic. I said, don't you know min tab'idiyah? Have you heard of min tab'idiyah? Inna min azwajikum wa awladikum. Yani min, min ba'di azwajikum. Yani min ba'di ma yushghilukum anillahi ta'ala. Some of your children and some of your spouses who take you away from Allah, who occupy you, who engross you from your objective, they are the ones who will become your enemy. And that same thing goes for dunya. Which aspect of dunya should we avoid? That aspect that takes away, uh, us away from our purpose. Is, 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 is money bad? Same thing goes for money. Is money a bad thing or is money a good thing? Same answer. That of the money that takes you away from your purpose, that takes you away from being a good human being, that takes you away from your objective is bad. Now, you understand that this is the answer to all the various things when we ask, is money good or bad? Is dunya good or bad? Is family and wife and children good or bad? Is all of these various things that have a, a, a positive aspect to it and a negative aspect to it, is it good or is it bad? How should I look at it? It's very simple. That of it. So it, the thing itself, there is no good or bad to it. Right? A gun, for example. Now there's a lot of gun, there's a lot of gun debates going on right now. Like a gun. Is it good or bad? Right? It depends. Right? It depends. You want to take away all guns and you want to you know, completely destroy everything, take it away from the law enforcement as well? It becomes a problem. Right. Those people who are trained and those people who have, you know, uh, uh, you know a, a duty to preserve and to protect, without a doubt, they're the ones who deserve to have it, that are going to use it responsibly and that are appointed by the government. They are appointed by, to, to protect the uh, community, to preserve and protect, to defend, without a doubt. It's good. We want them to have it, right? If they are those trustworthy, good people that we want them to be. Similarly, like in anything else, everything, in every aspect, there's a good to it, there's a bad to it. If it's used good, it's good. If it's used bad, it's bad. So engrossing yourself in dunya, cheese dunya as khuda ghafil budan. What is the dunya which is madhmoom and which of the dunya, this is the answer to the question, what is the Prophet talking about here, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam? 
that is had fit dunya. Is had fit dunya. Stay away from that dunya which is madhmum. Stay away from that dunya which is that aspects of this world that makes you heedless of Allah. The aspects of this world that makes you forgetful of Allah. Otherwise, my dear brothers and sisters, what was the thing that funded the battles of and the, and the conquests of Islam? What was that? You know, Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan, through what was it that he attained Jannah? Sayyidina Uthman came and this was the incident of the Battle of Tabuk. You should read the hadith. It's a very like, it's a vivid portrait that's being painted there. He said, anyone who will fund this, this expedition, then I will, you know, may Allah grant him Jannah. So Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan comes and he's actually, he's pouring the gold coins in the lap of the Prophet sallallahu He's pouring the gold coins in the lap. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I will fund this. I will give all my wealth for the path of Allah Ta'ala. And the Prophet is literally taking the gold like this in his hands and it's going through his fingers and he's saying, it doesn't matter what Uthman does after this. And he's done such an action for the sake of Islam that Allah is pleased with him. So in other words, how was he able to do that? Isn't that also dunya? Those darahim or those dananir, those gold coins, where did he attain those gold coins from? Sitting at home? Or sitting in the mud? Obviously, he's involved in trade. He's involved in business. He's involved in commerce. He's involved in some aspect of dunya. But what did Allah Azza wa say about the people of Allah in the Quran? He didn't say they are rijalun taraku ad dunya. It says rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wala bay'un an dhikrillah wa iqamis salati wa ita'iz zakah. Subhanallah. Look at the word that Allah Azza wa Jal used. Rijalun la tulhihim tijaratun wala bay'un an dhikrillah. They are people who the tijara, their their trade and their commerce, their businesses do not make them unmindful from salat and the remembrance of Allah. It doesn't say they left their tijara. It said, لا تلهيهم tijara. It didn't say, رِجَالٌ تَرَكُوا tijara, رِجَالٌ رَفَضُوا tijara. Right? رِجَالٌ يعني, uh, you know, turned their back, you know, أَعْرَضُوا عَنِ tijara. It doesn't use those words. رِجَالٌ لَا تُلْهِيهِمْ تِجَارَةٌ وَلَا بَيْعٌ عَنْ ذِكْرِ اللَّهِ They are people that are involved in tijara, but they have no, they don't give it any significance. They give significance to the akhirah. They use the tijara for a akhirah. They use their dunya for the akhirah. So Maulana mentioned so beautifully, what is dunya? Cheese dunya as khuda ghafil budan. What is dunya? All of those things that make you ghafil and unmindful of Allah Ta'ala. Niqimasho nukrawu farzanduzan. This is the other part of it. Niqimasho nukrawu farzanduzan. It is not qimash, clothes, and silver, and children, and wives, and spouses. This is not, this, this doesn't, in, fall into the category of dunya because the prophets had qimash and the prophets had farzanduzan and the prophets had money Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam Sayyidina Dawood alayhi salam Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam Ij'alni ala khaza'in al-ard 
Sayyidina Yusuf was he was a government official. He was the treasurer of all of Egypt. He actually said, Ij'alni ala khaza'in al-ard. Make me the treasurer of Egypt. Inni, inni hafidun alim. I will be a protector of this and I am knowledgeable of how to take care of this. Allahu Akbar. It's dunya. But how did he use dunya? How did he use dunya? He had no, he, he, he had no consideration for it. He used it for the sake of deen. He used it to get him to the akhirah. So zuhud actually means you have something in your hands. Do you understand? But you don't give it that adama. This is not like, you know, you know, like a person has a broom. You have a broom inside your garage. Do you love the broom or do you hate the broom? Right? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Do you throw it away? Do you garbage it? Do you curse it? Astaghfirullah, broom, 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 broom bad. You know, no, broom, you use it for the broom. When you, and when you, when you got a cleanup job, you say, where's the broom? Where's that darn broom? I've been looking all over for it. Right? When you got the cleanup job, you're looking for the broom everywhere. You need that broom. But don't fall in love with the broom, that the broom becomes your whole life. You understand what I'm saying? Similarly is the bathroom. We use the bathroom. When you got to go, then you're looking for the bathroom. It's like, oh my God, where's the bathroom? I love the bathroom. Where's the bathroom? Give me a bathroom. When you have to go, you got to go. But you're not going to be sitting there all day embellishing the bathroom and, you know, making like gold toilets and, you know, putting a TV. Now people got TVs in there, you know. They got a nice place where you put your iPad, you know, there. You know. So this gives us a, a correct understanding of what in reality is. Now the categories of this zuhud anid dunya. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahimahullah said, az-zuhdu ala thalathati awjuh. Zuhud is of three types. Number one, tarkul haram. There are certain things in dunya that it is necessary for us to actually avoid it at all costs. And that is haram. There are certain things in this dunya that are forbidden. There are certain things in this dunya that are haram. Without a doubt, we turn away from those things and we cut off from it and we are completely, we shun it. That of the dunya which is haram, we completely shun that. And that's common sense. This zuhud is fard upon every Muslim. You understand? Zuhud, yani, disinclination. This disinclination is fard upon every human being. The second one is, tarku fudul al-halal. You understand? Now, you don't need three cars in your driveway. I don't know how you're going to pay the insurance of that anyways. But why are you going to have three cars, four cars, five cars? Or I got one car for every day of the week. Or, you know, these type of things that people do. You don't need it. So this is fudulul ha. It's halal. I'm a millionaire. I want to have, you know, five, six, seven cars, one for every day of the week. Is that haram for him? It's not haram for him. It's not wrong. But it's fudul. It's completely, it's, it's, it's not necessity. So doing things out of necessity is what? Was zuhdul khawas. This is the abstinence of the elite that we if we see that okay you know i don't need this watch 
okay, I don't need another watch. Why should I buy another watch? I can suffice on this phone. Why do I need to get another phone? Do you see what I'm saying? I can suffice on, you know, this thing that I'm using. Why do I need to get another thing? So the zuhud of the khawas is fi fudul al-halal. Yani in those things that is not the necessity, don't get it. Because what does it do? That extra mubahat involving yourself in extra thing, that is an extra attachment to this dunya. The more attachments we have, the more things we have, the more objects we have, the more material we have, the more attachments we have. And the more it occupies our minds. You know, when you got one house, it's enough to worry about. And here, what, in the California, you got house insurance, and you got, you know, property tax, and you got this, and you got that, and then you're going to get another one, and then another one, and another one. You're just adding to your problems, and you're adding extra fatigue on your mind where you can use that extra space to focus on your worship, to focus on spending time at the, in the house of Allah Azza Brothers and sisters, there is something that this zuhud teaches us, is that what the reality of it is, is to remove that distraction that occupies space in your mind and in your heart, which you should be spending with Allah Azza that's the reality of zuhud. To remove, you know, there's only so much real estate in your brain and in your heart. You don't, everywhere you find space, you just put something in there. Now what happened? That, that, that place has been occupied. That space in your mind is becoming occupied. Don't occupy it with all of these things. When you see that you have extra time, subhanAllah, take that extra time and nobody even does this anymore to come to the house of Allah in a time that is not the time of prayer. For example, pray Salatul Maghrib. MashaAllah, in the, in the Haramain Sharifain, it's so beautiful. You see people, they have this habit. They pray Salatul Maghrib in the masjid, and then they make short atikaf between Maghrib and Isha. And then they sit a little bit, maybe even after Salatul Isha, read some Quran, and, you know, spend like one, two hours in the house of Allah SWT. Sometimes, MashaAllah, we come to the masjid, but it's like up, down, kiss the ground, back to town. That's it. It's just quick, 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 quick. So the objective of, one of the objective of zuhud is to not occupy yourself extra so that you can keep that space open for Allah. So you can keep that space open for zikr, for tilawatul Quran, for contemplation. I was reading something about silence. Now what a lot of times what people do is they constantly want to talk. And we're always in this occupying ourselves where that occupation does not allow us to focus on Allah Azza wa to focus on objectives, to meditate. So when we over-occupy ourselves with all of these distractions, and you can say, you know, you can say also, you can define things of dunya as worldly distractions. Don't increase your worldly distractions, right? And if a person has one or two houses, he has one house that he lives in, he has another house that he rents out, it's not a distraction, that's my necessity. So that's not a distraction for you, that's not dunya for you. Do you understand my point? Any, 
know, engage yourself that what is dunya for me? Dunya for me is that which is distracting me from what is my objective in this world. This is what it is. It's not your wife, and it's not your kids, and it's not your family, and it's not your job, and it's not all these good things, and it's not your relatives or your family, or these are all, all things that Allah Azza wa Jal has made binding upon us that, they are, that we have hukuq, we have rights to fulfill to them. It's actually part of our religion to fulfill the rights of those people. It's part of my duty to Allah that I have to fulfill the rights of my wife and the rights of my husband. It's my duty to Allah that I have to raise my kids and give them an Islamic upbringing. It's part of my duty to Allah that I have to provide for my family. Allah will ask me about it. كُلُّكُمْ رَاعٍ وَكُلُّكُمْ مَسْؤُولٌ عَنْ رَعِيَّتِهِ It's not dunya. Oh, I'm going to divorce my wife. Why? It's dunya. But then the, the Prophet should be divorcing his wives every single day. How many wives did he have? And subhanAllah, the, the most pious human being on the face of this earth, Sayyidina Muhammad was the one who had the most wives. And he was the most zahid. He was the most abstaining from the pleasures of the life of this world. But none of that, and that shows the, the power of the taqwa of the Prophet ﷺ. None of that and the fulfilling of their, fulfill, fulfilling of their hukuk and their rights occupied him from his objective and worship and da'wah ilallah in any way, shape or form. What an example he was, subhanAllah. Because a lot of times this is what people think, that if I have a wife, I'm not going to be able to fulfill my right to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. If I have a husband, I'm not going to be able to fulfill. Yes, it is a problem if you're not, if you don't see eye to eye. If, if a wife is definitely, if a wife is irreligious, if a wife doesn't want you to pray, or if a husband doesn't want you to wear hijab, obviously, then this is going to be a problem. We're talking about people who fear Allah, people who are Muslims, people who pray, people who have some consciousness of religion. So, as we mentioned, the zuhud from haram, and this is zuhud which is binding upon everybody, the zuhud of extra unnecessary things, this is a recommended zuhud. We should all cut out unnecessary things from our life. This is recommended. This is a recommended zuhd. We should abstain. Zuhd means to abstain. These are the unnecessary things of life. Simplicity is part of our deen. So when we're talking about, you know, what does this concept teach us? This hadith we said is a principle of deen, right? So what is this principle that we're learning here? The principle that we're learning here is as mentioned in Surah Al-A'la. Allah Azza wa Jal says, بَلْ تُؤْثِرُونَ الْحَيَاةَ الدُّنْيَا وَالْآخِرَةُ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى Rather, you prefer the life of this world and the pleasures of this world, whereas the akhirah, that is better for you. And then what does Allah Azza wa Jal say? This is not just the principle of this deen. Inna This concept, this philosophy, this way of practice, this was in the previous scriptures. Suhufi Ibrahima wa Musa. And this was in the scriptures of Ibrahim, and these were in the scriptures of Musa. What? That you give, don't give preference to the life of this world. The akhirah is, And the true life of complete enjoyment. You know, just drown yourself in pleasures. No problem. Don't worry about your necessity. Now drown yourself in pleasure. Now enjoy. Now be, live in the lap of luxury. That's what the akhirah is for. The life of this world is for work. Working for the akhirah, that we enjoy the blessings, yes, as they come. But engrossing yourself, 
That's why the Prophet to understand this hadith, I'll give you another. Where the Prophet mentions, Iyakum wattana'um beware of extravagance engrossing yourself in extravagance you see this these these young you know what's in the, in the whole like in the rap world and in the pop culture they got the bling and they got like the 50 gold chains and then they got the watch and then they got the shoe and they're putting it inside the camera and they're looking in the camera and they're watching the hat and the Gucci bag and you know they're just like showing everything like the guy himself is a walking donkey and monkey, but like he's, he becomes something because he's got a belt, Gucci belt, or Gucci this, or he's got pants, you know. Oh, okay, tell me your whole, your whole getup, how much does this cost? Well, yeah, you know, my shirt costs like, you know, $5,000, and my shoes cost like $10,000, and you cost $0, actually negative. You cost negative. Actually, you're worth nothing. You're a worthless human being. And the only thing that gives you worth is the, is the clothes on your back and the shoes on your feet and the watch on your hand. Completely worthless human being. Whereas, what is the, abs what is the purpose of deen? Is that you become valuable. This becomes valuable. Even though the shirt on your back and the shoes on your feet might not have any value because you're going to leave that away. Where are you, you going to go with Allah, the soul which is inside of you? The knowledge that you carry within you. The light that you take with you. That is what you take. What you take with you is not the clothes on your back. You're not going to take that watch with you in the grave. This soul is going to Allah. Inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We are from Allah and our Allah and, and our souls return back. How did you work on this soul? Your deeds is what makes your soul. Your righteous actions or your evil actions which makes you so. The, 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 the watch or the shoes or the hat or the bling or the gold chain or the gold you know, grill that you got in your mouth or the car that you drive. That's not what makes you. What makes you is your deeds. What deeds do you have? What righteous actions do you have? That's what makes a human being valuable. Allahu Akbar. I mean... There was, a, there, was a, there was an atheist. Let me tell you what this atheist said. He said, look, I don't, I don't believe in these prophets, uh, but these people were something that till this day, millions of people around the world follow Muhammad and they follow Jesus. This is what the atheist is saying. And let me ask you, what did Muhammad wear? And what did Jesus wear? They say, Isa alayhi salam, he wouldn't even wear shoes. They said, where's your shoes? He said, I don't wear shoes on the carpet of God's earth. He said, don't you, have a, don't you have a pillow? He said, it's the whatever rock that I find. And what is your, what is your uh, uh, blanket? He said, it's the, the sky of my Lord. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. People worship them. And this is what this atheist is saying. What did they have? Did they have some bling or some gold chain? And who are the people who had, right? What did they leave behind? The people who had all the things of this world. They're forgotten now. Where, who worships Qarun today? He had all the bling. He had all the, all the money. The treasures of Qarun, the treasures, just the keys. Over a hundred strong men would carry the keys of his treasures. Who worships him? Who follows him today? Nobody even knows who's Korah or Qarun. Allah Ta'ala says Qarun was from the people of Moses. Nobody remembers Qarun, everybody remembers Moses. Millions of people remember Moses and honor Moses. 
in the Quran, Moses is, is his name is eternal in the book of Allah. In every juz of the Quran is mentioned Moses. Qarun, nobody. Qarun was the cousin of Moses. Qarun was the cousin of Moses. Moses told him, pay your zakat, man. Pay your zakat. Innama ala ilmin indi. What are you telling me? I've been given this from God. God has blessed me. If he, if he wanted me, you know, if, if, he, if he saw that I was not fit for this, he would have never given it to me in the first place. I am special. Nobody knows him. What made those people who they were was the nur of nubuwa, was the light of prophethood, was the wisdom, was the knowledge, was the piety and the righteousness that God had given them. Right now, you have all these girls and all these women that they dress half naked to become famous, right? These, these, these rappers or these actresses, the more naked they become, right? Because sex sells, right? The more they show themselves, the more they become popular. Because, but the one woman who's worshipped, she is worshipped on the face of this earth is who? Not no naked woman. The one who's worshipped on the face of this earth is Sayyidatina Maryam. And her worship is not a good thing, but I'm talking about what maqam, what, I mean, to what level? How did she get there? By, by, by nakedness? By making yourself cheap? No, by the honor that Allah Ta'ala had given her through haya and through taqwa. She, she preserved her chastity and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala breathed within her from Sayyidina Isa alayhi salam. Chose Sayyidina Isa for that pure womb of Sayyidatina Maryam alayhi salam. anha. Subhanallah. So we see what? A person does not get value from the things of this world. All of the greatest people, all of the most uh, followed people, all of the most honored people, they are the ones who are zahideen. They are the ones who had no concern for the things of this world. And they had utmost concern for what, what Allah had created them for. May Allah make us from amongst them, Ya Rabbil Alameen. Subhanallah. And here's a hadith. Rawahu Tirmidhi wa ibn Majah. Az-zahadatu fi dunya laysat bi tahreem al-halal wala bi idaaat al-mal walakinna az-zahadatu fi dunya alla takuna bima fi yadayka awthaq mimma fi yadillah. Subhanallah. He says, abstinence from the pleasures of dunya is not by making the halal things haram on yourself. And it's not by wasting wealth either. Right? Wasting wealth meaning you just spend it and spend it and spend it and say, oh, I don't, I don't want money. I don't want money. So I give it here and I give it there and I give it there. This idaatul mal. You could just keep it for your own necessities. You don't need to continue, just throw it away. And he's throwing away money. I don't want it. True zuhud is throwing away money. I don't want money. Get money away from me. That's not the meaning of zuhud. It's that that which is within your possession, right, should not be so, you know, you should not rely so much of what is in your hands in comparison to what is in Allah's possession. Meaning like what you have, don't give it so much like, Oh my God, I look at what I have. Look at my things. Look at this. Look at my car. Look at my, look at my shoes. Look at my, 
you know, watch, look at my hat, look at my chains. You know that you give so much importance and so much significance and reliance upon your worldly trinkets. Your reliance should be with what Allah has, that whatever Allah has is going to provide for me, my trust is in that, not in the things that is in my hand. So this is one aspect of it. Another very beautiful explanation of the reality of zuhud and how we deal with, how do we deal with the things of dunya is what Maulana Jalaluddin Rumi rahmatullahi mentions in another poem. He says, Aab dar kishti halake kishti ast. Aab andar zayde kishti pushti ast. He says that if you take the water of the ocean and you put it inside the ship, this will be the destruction and the drowning of the ship. And if you take the water of the ocean and you keep it under the ship, then this water of the ocean, the waves will push it to its destination. So Ma'arumi Rahmatullahi said the example of the dunya is don't allow dunya to come inside of you, but keep the dunya outside. When you keep the dunya outside, it will get you to your destination. Yani, don't allow it to penetrate your heart. Zuhud an dunya is what? That it doesn't la yadkhul qalbak, that it doesn't enter into your heart. You keep it in your hand, that's fine. You keep it in your pocket, that's fine. You keep it in your bank account, that's fine. Don't put it inside your heart. The moment it starts going in your heart, that's when it's going to drown you. So he says, Ab dar kishti, ab ab dar kishti, halake kishti The ocean water in the ship is halak, halakus safina. Al-ma'u fis-safina, halakus safina. Wal-ma'a tahtas safina, bulugus safina. If the water goes inside the, 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 the ship, it will drown the ship. But if the water stays where it needs to stay, on the bottom, the waves will get it to, to its destination. Similarly, if you use dunya for what it's for, sadaqat, khayrat. Sa'id bin Jubayr rahimahullah mentions that ad-dunya darul ghurur in al-hatka an talab al-akhirah. Ad-dunya darul ghurur in al-hatka an talab al-akhirah. If it makes you unmindful from seeking the akhirah, then this dunya is darul ghurur. It's the abode of deception. It's deceived you. Wa in da'atka, yani ad-dunya, in da'atka ila talab al-akhirah, wa talab ridwan allahi fa ni'mal mata'i wa ni'mal wasila. But if it calls you to seeking Allah and to seeking the akhirah with this, it is only with money you can build an orphanage. It's only with money that you can build a hospital. It's only with money that you can help the poor. It's only with, what are you going to do with, with your eyes? You're going to do like cyclops? You know, what are you going to do? Build something with your mind? You can't build it. This is, this is a wasila. This is a means. And then the second part of the hadith. So inshallah, if we do this, Allah will love us. Why will Allah love us? If we, because we are now focused on our objective and we have understood the balance, right? We've understood the balance. We're not like that kid. You know, like the story of the kid, the mom sends him to go get something from the store. 
So our example is like the example of the kid that gets sent to the store and the mom says, here's five bucks, you know, go get some onions and potatoes and tomatoes from the store. So he takes the, he takes the money and while he goes there, he sees the money and he starts, you know, getting candies and chocolates and gum and toys. And then one, 10 minutes, half hour, one hour, where's my son? She goes and she sees, he's playing with the, he has the chocolates and the toys and the gum and the candy and he's playing with the other kids. He gets one smack in the back of the head. Where'd you, where were you? I sent you to go get potatoes and stuff that we need for cooking. He says, oh, I forgot. And this is the example of dunya. That five bucks, every, every one of us got that dunya. But when we come to this place, what happens? We forget our objective. So it's not the five bucks, and it's not the store, and it's not the gum or the candies that's bad. It's the fact that we forgot our purpose. You understand? That's exactly our example. The bad aspect is the fact that we went like that kid, and we got caught up in all the things that we're not supposed to do. We forgot about the groceries and bringing that home. We forgot about our purpose. We forgot our mission. And we go, and we got caught up, and we wasted that away in something that was a nobler purpose. The days of our lives, the months of our lives, the years of our lives, one after another after another, we wasted it in something opposite to what we were sent for. And that's why we're going to be worthy of the smack when we get it. May Allah Ta'ala preserve us. May Allah Ta'ala keep us on our purpose. So the person who abstains from all the candies and the chocolates and the toys and the distraction, he goes in there and he's zahid, he's disinclined from all the things that distract him. And he does his mission and he comes back, he'll be most beloved. How will he not be beloved? Because he's understood his purpose. Because you've turned away from everything that yushghiluka anillah. All of the things that occupy your mind and all of the things that are attachments that take you away, you have turned away from that. And then the second part is وَزْهَدْ فِي مَا عِنْدَ النَّاسِ يُحِبُّكَ النَّاسِ And abstain from those things which is in the hands of people, from those things which is in the possession of people, and the people will love you. What is in the possession of people? Wealth and position. When you don't care about people's wealth and position, and you don't have a concern about that, and you have to follow obviously the deen. It's not that you don't have concern about any of that and you keep to yourself, but what does Allah Azza wa Jal say in the hadith of the Prophet that ad-deenu nasiha So you have a concern, you have a good concern for people and you have no desire for their wealth or for their positions. Obviously people are going to love you. Why does people hate anybody? It's because when you want to challenge me in my things, I'm not going to like you. When you're going to challenge me in what I possess, I'm not going to like you. That's where all the wars happen. That's where all the fights are happening. That's where all the you know, uh, uh, conflicts are happening. The conflicts and the wars and all of the things that happen in the world is because of what? Because one group is challenging another group for something that they have and for something that they want. And that creates hatred. That creates enmity. So the Prophet ﷺ is saying that when you abandon this, you abstain from this. The one who challenges another person in what he loves. People love position and people love wealth. You can have your wealth, you can have your position. I don't want none of it. When you challenge people in that, they start hating you. And they start opposing you. 
ومن لم يعارضه فيه أحبه وارتضاه ومن كلام الشافعي رحمه الله and Imam Shafi'i mentioned so beautifully ومن يأمن الدنيا فإني أمنتها وسيق إلي عذبها وعذابها فما هي إلا جيفة مستحيلة عليها كلاب همهن اجتذابها فإن تجتنيها كنت سلما لأهلها وإن تجتذبها نازعتك كلابها Imam Shafi'i رحمه الله said وَمَنْ يَأْمَنُ الدُّنْيَا فَإِنِّي أَمِنْتُهَا And, and who, can, who can be safe from the desires of dunya and the uh, fighting for the worldly things? Who is safe from fighting for worldly things? Everybody's fighting over worldly things. Everybody wants somebody else's position, somebody else's money. I want what you got. How can I get what you got? I want what you got. Everybody's fighting for somebody else's position and somebody else's money. So Sayyidina Imam Shafi'i says, dunya amintuha." Who is safe from these worldly dramas? I am safe from it. Do you know why I'm safe? Because I know the nature of this dunya. I have understood the nature of this dunya. Wasika ilayya azbuha wa And all of it has come to me. The sweet of it and the bitter of it. The punishment of it. Wasika ilayya azbuha wa Yani, we have experienced the good of it and we've experienced the bad of it. Fama So now, after witnessing this dunya, after my experience in the life of this world, Imam Shafi says, Let me tell you what I learned about the life of this world. Should I tell you what this whole drama is all about? Here's what it is. This dunya is a rotting corpse. This is dunya here, a rotting corpse. This dunya is a decaying, rotting corpse. And around this rotting corpse are dogs fighting. Each one wants to rip its own piece for itself. فَمَا هِيَ إِلَّا جِيفَةٌ مُسْتَحِيلَةٌ عَلَيْهَا كِلَابٌ هَمُّهُنَّ اجْتِذَابُهَا فَإِن تَجْتَنِيهَا فَإِن تَجْتَنِبْهَا كُنْتَ سِلْمًا لِأَهْلِهَا So if you avoid that corpse, if you avoid that meat, then the dogs are going to leave you alone. And if you're going to go and challenge them, then the dogs are going to fight you for their portion. This is what I understood from dunya. Subhanallah. Imam Shafi rahimahullah ta'ala. So this is the meaning of فَإِن فَإِن تَجْتَنِبْهَا Right? Izhad fi dunya yuhibbuka وَزْهَدْ فِي مَا عِنْدَ النَّاسِ يُحِبُّكَ النَّاسِ And abstain from what the people are fighting over. And the people will say, okay, he's, you know, he's cool. He doesn't, he's just in his own world. He's just doing his own thing. And he's focused on his purpose and on his objective. But the interesting thing is, why does everybody fight for the things of this world? Why is it from the day that we're born and the day that we open our eyes to this world, we are told, make good money, get a good job, get a good education, get a, get a, get a, get a, get a, get a. Why, why, this, is what we do, this is what we're pushed towards, right? Because this is what we believe that this is where happiness comes from. Happiness comes from having a lot of possessions. That's where I'm going to be fulfilled. And then what happens is, you gain all of these things. You get that good job. You get that. And then if you don't have deen, alhamdulillah ala ni'matil islam, that if we have deen, then mashallah, you have the best of both worlds. But if you don't have deen, if you don't have God, 
if you don't have Allah and you're, they, they, they give you this, this story, get a good education, after you get a good education, you get a good degree, after you get a good degree, then you get a good job, and after you get a good job, then you make a lot of money, and then you can get all those things that will make you happy. Yeah. That's all it, come down, that, that's all it comes down to, it, happiness. But then the interesting thing is, the one who doesn't have Allah, the same narrative can be for a Muslim. You get a good education, and then after a good education, you get a good job, and you get a good job, and you get good things, but you always were happy. You're never unhappy. You always had Allah. You had your five daily prayers. You had an objective and a purpose in your life. My purpose is not money. My purpose is not finances. My purpose is not that house. Or that. These are my necessities of life. These are my what? My necessities. It's not my purpose. It's not my objective. My objective is Allah. My, object, my objective is a higher spiritual realization that I came here for a purpose. And that purpose is different from the dogs and the cats and the pigs and the donkeys. It's not eating and sleeping and procreating and then dying and then, you know, becoming, right, fertilizer. That's not my objective. There is a greater thing that Allah Ta'ala Because what Allah has instilled human beings Is something higher than what He has instilled Inside of donkeys, pigs and monkeys and everything else Isn't it? Or are they the same as us? If they are the same as us Then they would have had masajids And they would have civilization And then that we call that science fiction Planet of the apes Right? That's something else If they had that intellect and that aql And that higher realization Then it wouldn't, we wouldn't be here This would be science fiction That's science fiction but we know that human beings, Allah has instilled with us something greater. And that, what, what is greater, is to realize what is our purpose in this world. To worship that one Allah, Azza wa Jal, and to do good and become good for all of humanity. Kuntum khayra ummatin ukhrijat ta'muruna bil ma'roof. The Muslim ummah, they are the best ummah that was taken out for the benefit of mankind because they enjoin the good and they promote the good. And they encourage the good and they forbid the evil and all of that which is wrong and all of that which is oppression and all of that which is وَتُؤْمِنُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَقَالَ بَعْضُهُمْ تَرَكْتُ الدُّنْيَا لِقِلَّةِ غَنَائِهَا وَكَثْرَةِ عَنَائِهَا وَسُرْعَةِ فَنَائِهَا وَخِسَّةِ شُرَكَائِهَا May Allah Ta'ala give us tawfiq to understand what has been said and to implement this a very simple and beautiful advice if you want Allah to love you then uh, you know what is your perspective focus on right what is the necessities of life and stay don't become distracted by the things of this life and if you want the people to love you don't get involved in the drama of right challenging people in the things of this world inshallah if we do this we will attain this beautiful message of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam وآخر دعوانا الحمد لله رب العالمين